This is Learned It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love The 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Learned It From An 80s Song. And today we have an extraordinary guest. Please welcome John Doran. John is an author, TEDx speaker, educator, and he is passionate about helping people move from being stressed, pressed, distracted, and drained to engaged, energized, and in their element. John is a true connoisseur of resilience and personal growth, and we are so lucky to have him here today. Welcome, John, all the way from Ireland. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a delight to spend this time with you, Patricia. So, John, I found him on LinkedIn. I was so impressed by him and instantly he he had written something that was very inspiring and exactly what I needed to hear that day. And so I, I reached out to him and asked, would you ever consider being on my podcast? I really like what you have to say. And he was so kind to be here with me today. And then I told him right before we got on here, I was fangirling a little bit because I watched his TED talk, not once. I actually watched it two and a half times because it was so rich with information. It was so well, it's exactly what I needed to hear that I'm enough. Like all of the messages that he said in there, everyone, as soon as you finish this podcast, jump on, I'll put it in the show notes so everybody can see it. And if you have children, my kids, whether they like it or not, will be watching this because I do believe it's, especially in this day and age, for me raising two teen boys, they need to hear these messages that they are enough. And so thank you for that. And thank you for putting this information out there. My pleasure. Thank you, Patricia. So this is the part of the show where we open it up with what song we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, John, what song best resonates with the story you're going to share with us today? Can I get a drum roll, please? John, what is your song? Well, the song that kind of spoke to me was Faith by the great and and late lamented uh, George Michael. Uh, Yes. And I want to say thank you for allowing me to go down this rabbit hole today because this album, you chose the song Faith, but that entire album is unbelievable. It is such a great, such a great album. Yeah, so I just am so grateful. And like I had mentioned, Faith is is an album and the entire album is incredible. And I have listened to the entire album, actually, full disclosure, I walk my dog and listen to it twice because it's just so good. And 
Faith um, came out in October of 1987. And what's interesting about uh, George Michael, we all know how talented he is just by his his vocals. But uh, not only that, he played uh, various instruments as well on the album. And he actually wrote and produced every track on that album, with the exception of one. So that just speaks to, you know, I felt like, you know, listening to his music just feels like story and emotion. And there are four number ones actually that came from that. Faith is, was first, then Father Figure, such a good song. One more try. I had that one on repeat and Monkey. So this extraordinary feat made George Michael the only British male solo artist to achieve four number one hits from a single album on Billboard's Hot 100. So outstanding. And actually, I remember when it came out, it spent 51 non-consecutive weeks in the Billboard 200 top 10, including 12 weeks at number one. Like, wow. I mean, it was such an incredible such an incredible song. Thank you for bringing this in today. And he did win just another one little tidbit of information. He did win album of the year at the 31st Grammy Awards. And he also received three awards at the 1989 American Music Awards for Pop Rock Mail. So there you have it. I remember when, in fact, I was thinking about it today, several things on that album was I want your sex. <laughs> and I remember this as a, I, I, you know, my mom was the principal of my Catholic school growing up. So if that just puts things in perspective, folks. And I, I remember turning it on, we had a station wagon and I remember the song came on and I was, I just want to sing it. I wanted to belt it because it was George Michael and I liked it so much. And I, Remember, I just kind of turned it up a little bit and started humming, you know, I want your sex. And then <laughs> my, my mom was like, young lady, what are you listening to? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I remember it was like, I, I must have, I think I was in middle school. So it was kind of the coming of age, you know, and George Michael all at the same time. So it was a lot. <laughs> I'd love that you picked the song. And I know that you've got a little bit of background on this song for you personally. I like the title track, particularly Faith, because I think it's particularly relevant for today. If you see Faith as an acronym for full assurance in the heart, I think we have to, we have to believe in ourselves and belief costs nothing and everyone can afford it. And I think particularly for young people, which you were talking about, Patricia, you know, it's very hard to be yourself in a world where Everyone else is on Instagram and it seems to be happy and shinier and happier and prettier. And I think it's very important to be enough. And that starts with having faith, you know, faith in yourself. And like when you heap the hope on the bouts of doubt that we all have, that all starts with faith and having that faith in ourselves that we're good enough, that tomorrow could be better than today. I think that message really strongly resonates today. And that song that was cultivated and crafted in the 1980s has never been more applicable and has never resonated more than actually right here, right now, as we are speaking. Full assurance in the heart that, you know, things are going to work out just as they are. We were speaking about your own academic journey and one door closing, another door opening. And I think you grow best, not where, you, not where you're kind of 
you end up with, where you kind of where, where you land, where you get planted, and make the best of what you have. And things tend to work out best for people who make the best out of how things work out. Beautifully said. Really nice. I absolutely and that I, I find your messaging just so inspirational and reassuring every time. Like I got that from your TEDx talk today too, just that I'm okay, you're okay kind of feeling and that we are good enough. And in this world that we're living in where everything, like you had said, is fast paced. It gets me thinking, Patricia, that the word inspire comes from the Latin word to breed life into with the English translation of the Latin root of that word. And I think George Michael kind of um, had an incredible voice. And I think we all have an, our unique, incredible voice. And he had passion and, and zest for music. And music is the background to all our lives. And I think there's a, a very strong message there in a world that has a lot of what I call CNN. Be very wary of CNN, constant negative noise. I think we have the power of choice in terms of what we focus on. And I always think better outcomes come but we don't dismiss or diminish or knock the bad. I mean, we all have it, but we choose consciously to focus on the good. And I think yes. that's the really important thing. And even if you take George Michael as a person, there was elements of his life and things that happened to him that were misfortunate. But I choose to look at all the positives in his life. I choose to look at the fantastic legacy of music he's left, the lives he's touched, the amount of altruistic ben- benefacting that he did all over the world that only came to the surface when the man was no longer with us, unfortunately. That's a rich and lasting legacy. So I think I constantly choose to focus on the good. And what you tend to focus on, you tend to see more of. We kind of have that attitude of gratitude, that full assurance in the heart that, you know, things are going to work out. And I don't think that's it. I I call it being irresistibly optimistic, but not kind of irrationally so. It's kind of an optimism that's rooted in reality. You know, not everything is great in the world at the moment. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of unkindness. And unfortunately, there's a lot of war. But there's also a lot of good people doing a lot of good things in small ways every single day. And I hope this conversation can add to that. And I think it's very important we remind people to reclaim their agency, Patricia, and that they have full control over what they give their attention to. Well said. Well said. Yes. And I, I studying positive psychology, oftentimes people have the notion or, or believe that it means that we see things always rose-colored glasses, which is not true. It's not toxic positivity to be a positive psychologist in my sense. But what it is, is really looking at, you know, what, like you had said, what growth opportunity can I get from getting rejected from a place or not getting a job or what have you, but what other growth opportunities? And I think you talked about, or mistakes that I've made. I loved what you said in your TED Talk about mistakes are vile. And maybe you you can uh, speak to that because I loved, I'd never heard this before, but share with us what mistakes are. Well, you know what? I'm passionate about mistakes, Patricia. I've actually learned so much from my mistakes. I'm very seriously thinking of creating and doing a couple more mistakes, to be honest. But mistakes, I use it as a kind of, are vile, very interesting learning experiences. And one of the things that I try to do when I come across a mistake or a failure Firstly, I try to reframe failure as first attempt in learning and actually not see it as a kind of a finishing line, but a stepping stone. And, and when something doesn't work out, there's two questions that I ask myself to try and get the gold out of the, you know, to kind of get the, to get the message out of the mess. And the first question is, what is this moment teaching me? And that's all the question I ask. What is this moment teaching me? Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I need to keep going. Maybe I need to persist and persevere. 
or maybe I even need to pivot. And the second question is, and probably equally as important as the first, what can I learn from this that can make me better on the other side of the experience? And I think it was Kierkegaard, the philosopher, Patricia, who said, you can't join the dots going forward. It's only looking back. All the dots of your life start connecting and make sense of them. And I look back at my mistakes and my failures, and I don't think I trade any of them because I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have had the opportunities. And, and sometimes I think that great philosopher, Garth Brooks, your compatriot, put it best when he said, sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Yes, 100%. That is absolutely spot on. Well, I love all of these nuggets of information. I know our audience is, is writing all of this down right now, like I was earlier today. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story today and then how it relates to faith. Yeah, I, I think that's the, what I'd like to share with you is that I think I, I'm very, I'm an educator and I'm passionate about education. It's the greatest disruptor of tyranny the world has ever known. I was the very first person in my family, Patricia, ever to go to college on either side of it. And, and I remember very vividly and very distinctly, less than 100 yards from where I stand here today, I remember getting the, the results of our what we call leaving certificate. And it was the notification that said I had succeeded to get the points for college. Wow. And my father was a, a laboring man. He was a stonemason by trade. Like many of his generation, he'd left school at 13 or 14. He could write, but he couldn't write well. But he was the most intelligent, most charismatic man I'd ever met. Uh, and I was so proud and privileged that he was my dad. So I couldn't wait till he came home to tell him the news that his son I got the points for college and he came home. We were used to have dinner in the middle of the day. He says that anybody from a farming background in Ireland, Patricia, will know exactly what I mean. And he came in at half past one and he opened the door and said, Dad, I've got the points for college. And there was a momentary flicker of pride, Patricia. And I knew what he was thinking. My son, how has this happened? This is amazing. And then almost involuntarily and almost at the same time, it was almost like a portcullis came down in his eyes and he said five words, five, a couple of words that were to be the death knell I taught in my dreams. He said, son, people like us don't go places like that. And he wasn't trying to crush my dream, Patricia, but we didn't have much money. The only thing I got for my birthday was a year older when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, he didn't see a way. But I was very lucky. Like a lot of people, I suspect like yourself, Patricia, I had a mother who I call a possibilitarian. My mother was a water thinker. My father was a rock thinker. My mother thought like, you know, water always finds its level and water always finds a way. And my mother said those five words that changed my life. Son, we will find a way. And we did. And it's always given me a sense of the power of education, that it can actually make sure that destiny does not have to be demography and that the tyranny of poverty can be broken. And it's given me a great life. Thank God, of richer friends and a family and a faith and a values. And yeah, and I think my father would have been immensely proud of what has happened. And it all came through the gateway of education. So as we come to the festive time and family become foremost in our minds, I think of him. I think of a wonderful career I've had and the friends I've made and the fortune that I've had. Wow, that's beautiful. I love what your mom said. You said... Uh, we will find a way. Wow. She's remarkable. And optimist, you know, that that optimism already coming out in her um, solution focused uh, clearly as well. You know, Patricia, we all need that one good adult 
we all need that person who believes in us when we don't believe in us. And we're very fortunate if you've got a parent who's there with that unconditional positive regard. And I always say to young people, be a little bit kinder to your parents. They undergo an operation when you're born and their heart lives now outside of themselves artificially in you. That's why they care. They're not trying to wreck your buzz uh, when they're worried about who you're going out with. It's just that they know and want to keep you safe. So give them a little bit of a break. I think Mark Twain said when they, at 14, he couldn't believe how stupid and ignorant his parents were. And by 21, how much they'd learned. But yes. I think we, we can always be from our kid. We don't realize the wisdom of our parents. And that's part of being a teenager. Is, but you, as you get older, I think you realize it's what you learn after you know it all. That really counts, Patricia. Yes, yes. It's so interesting. It's not until later. And sometimes, you know, it was so interesting. I I was in an interview this week for a school I was telling you about for a, a doctoral program. And in my personal statement, I spoke first off about being in Tennessee, where I grew up, sitting out on the porch with my dad. He had just been doing uh, yard work all day long. He'd opened up his beer and marveled at his gardens that he had just put together. And it was a beautiful evening. The fireflies were out. And I just remember him saying, Patricia, what's special about you is that you put yourself into other people's shoes. And this will be a gift that you're going to take along with you throughout your life. And even though it was just a small conversation that we had, it was the most impactful conversation of my childhood because that's essentially what I have and do do. And that is my gift is, is social intelligence to be able to see things from different perspectives. It is who I am and how I coach now. But it was fascinating to me when I talked about it in this interview, because they asked me about it. And of course, in the interview, I start crying because every time I start talking about my dad, when this moment, I'm actually, since I already talked about it once this week, I'm good right now. But it's one of those moments where I wished I could have said thank you for saying that. Take you back back to that sentence, Patricia. Isn't that an amazing start of a sentence? Isn't that a, a, a nugget of wisdom for any parents out there? What is special about you is... It's so easy to point out the flaws and the foibles and the, the, the mistakes and the faux pas of people. But isn't it lovely to catch somebody doing something good? Isn't it lovely to say to somebody, be them a student or a parent or a partner or a friend, what's special about you is you give me your time, you give me your friendship, you give me your laughter, you give me. Isn't that a lovely sentence to start off mm-hmm. uh, a phrase with that your parent, that your dad, gave you that bit of wisdom there. It's a lovely way to start off on the sentence, I think. I don't think we start off with it enough. We point out all our flaws, ours and other people's, but it wouldn't it be lovely if we put on the different lens and actually pointed out people's positives and actually said, you know what? One thing I like about you is you're always in good form or you're always smiling or you're always helpful or you're always kind. What a kind of kinder world we'd have, Patricia. And you could make somebody's day with very little. And you never know who needs that little bit of a, a kind word at any moment, Patricia. I always draw a large circle and say, that's somebody's life. And then a very small circle inside it. That's what you know of that person's life. And sometimes people are hungry for a bit of kindness, uh, a little bit of a well done, a pat on the back. You know, life will point out your mistakes, but very few people point out your positives. Right. Yes, that is well said. Yes. Agreed on that. Really nice. So, you know, as you were talking about your story and as I was watching your TED talk today, I started to spot your strengths. 
And if it's okay with you, I could mention your strengths and especially your number one, because actually your number one strength isn't one that I have seen very often come on to the show, at least for their number one strength. And this is the VIA strengths, folks. For those of you that uh, this is your first time listening, we always talk about the VIA strengths, which are character strengths. It's an assessment that was developed by Seligman and Peterson, and it's completely free. You can take it online. And what it does is spits out the ranking of your 24 character strengths. But I also have to buy or beware. What you need to know is that don't go scrolling to the bottom to see what your lesser strengths are. We call them lesser strengths. They're not weaknesses. It's just good information to know what, look at your top. What's the best information you need to know is where your signature strengths are. And that is your top three to seven are generally your live in your signature strengths. So John's number one strength, which I could completely hear and wait till you wait till I read read you the description from uh, Dr. Nemec's book here that I have. So zest is his number one strength, and it is approaching life with excitement and energy, not doing things halfway or half-heartedly, living life as an adventure and feeling alive and activated. If we go back to George Michael, I think one of his greatest ever songs was Praying for Time. But I think time is precious. And the older you get, the more I realize how precious it is and what we spend our time on, who we spend our time with is so important. And as to the second one's humor, I think if you don't have a sense of humor, Patricia, in the world we're in, you don't have much sense. I think it's the shortest distance between two people. And actually, when you laugh, it's the single biggest thing I know that lowers levels of cortisol and stress. It's why comedians do so fantastically well in recessions, because laughter is cathartic. It releases dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins, what the, what the psychologists clinically call the good stuff. So yes. a, laugh, it's a laughter shared is, is a tonic. It really is medicine. I can't recommend. And if you've got a friend who particularly brings out that funny bone in you, they're priceless for your health. Oh, 100%. In fact, I studied improv prior to the pandemic, and then I continued with it through the pandemic, but online. So this was at Second City in Hollywood. And I can't tell you how beneficial that was during that time, because in California, we were locked up in our houses for like, it felt like forever, but it was like 18 months. And so, you know, really anything, everything had to happen on the computer. And so it was such a great experience. And only recently did I get back into it now that I live here in Switzerland. In fact, I have my first uh, live show tomorrow. Yes, which I, I'm super excited about. It's It's been a while, but I think, you know, it's, I don't know about you in Ireland, but it's been very gray here in Switzerland. So, and I, for me, I've, I'm really affected by it being from California. So <laughs> like, where's the sunshine? Uh, the, so, only, the, the only way we can tell it's summer in Ireland is when the rain gets warmer, Patricia. So you're doing okay. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So other, other top strengths you have in there is leadership, I saw, which I can see, especially in your work, and then leading the talks that you do often, being a spokesperson, et cetera, et cetera. And then I saw love of learning in there, of course, that makes sense. And curiosity. I could hear the curiosity as you were talking through your TED Talk as well. I'm talking about your mentor, 
at the end of the TED talk, you were, it was the final one. You were talking about your mentor, Mrs. I, I can't remember her name, but I remember Mrs. thinking Mrs. that Holmes. Mrs. Holmes. Yeah. She had a lovely line when I was 10, Patricia, it's in the talk, but she took the class of us in and said, I want you to write down something in your copies that makes sense and significance, but it can only have 10 words and each word can only have two letters. And a class of befuddled children said, Miss, we're stuck. Can you give us a hand? And she, she wrote a sentence on the board, which still stands, Patricia, as my best and most precious lesson in resilience. And the sentence she wrote on the board is ingrained in my heart. It said, if it is to be, it is up to me. And it was the single greatest lesson that she gave me that not to be a kind of opinion passenger, but to be the pilot of my own life. To, the best place to find a helping hand is at the end of your own arm. And I think that was a very important lesson that, again, about agency, about the ability we have, that innate capacity to bounce back. And that, that capacity doesn't live outside of ourselves. We all have that inside of ourselves, such as our strengths, Patricia. The, the strengths we have are unlimited and quite often untapped. And I think the, the greatest crime we can do is uh, to die with our music still in us. Yeah. And I think that's our duty for the gift of being alive is to do the very best we can with the ability we have in the time that we've got and in the space that we're in, not to, to live out loud, as Emil yes. Zola said. That's our, that's our birthright. Every human being on this earth is entitled to the best possible life. And I think that's what we have a responsibility to do, to, to be ourselves fully, unambiguously, unashamedly, to be ourselves rather than being a creature of the commonplace or a second-rate somebody else. Yes, yes. So many amazing nuggets in here. And this is leading me to ask, I know your book is called Ways to Wellbeing. So you can get that online, I imagine, Amazon, all major bookstores online. Yeah, I mean, and it's all about relationships and it looks at five dimensions of relationships. And I always say that the most important hours in schools and also the same important hours in, in, in leadership. It's all about relationships, relationships, relationships. I think leadership is at 80% relate relationships and the other 20% is relationships as well. And of course, the most important relationship, Patricia, you ever have in your life is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. And I think one of the biggest gifts you can ever give yourself this festive period is to make the conscious decision to be on good terms with yourself. I think we're all very hard on ourselves. I think it was the late, great Prince Diana who said, if somebody else said, if I said the things to my friends, I say to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. Right. We're very hard on ourselves. And yes. I think we have to give a little bit of slack. You know, a parent making mistakes, no, no young person comes with a manual, a user guide telling you how to do it. So I think we all got to cut ourselves a bit of slack and, and dial a little bit more into our inner coach than our inner critic to allow ourselves to say, look, that didn't go as I would have liked to. But you know what? I set out with good intentions. And you know, when you beat yourself up, you're beating up the same person you're expecting better outcomes from tomorrow. So you, the, the, the horse won't get any more alive by flogging it. And that's what we do. We kind of criticize ourselves and criticize ourselves. And what we're doing is we're sapping ourselves of energy. And I like to talk in terms of energy. And I, I like, I know music gives me energy, gives me a lift, gives me joy. You know, people give me joy. Some people spread happiness wherever they go. And of course, Patricia, some people spread happiness whenever they go. But we yeah. won't say anymore. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. Yes. And I'm wondering, you know, just in your work now, are you running workshops? Are you still involved in schools as well? Because the information that you're giving, well, number one, I needed to hear it. You know, even as a middle-aged woman, the messages that you sent 
really resonated with me today. And I'm just wondering how our audience would get to have more of you, obviously reading your book and what else? Well, I, I run regular workshops, but in, in online and in, in, in physical. So anybody was very happy to contact me at waste wellbeing at yahoo.com, Patricia. But I think it is important that we mind ourselves and maintain ourselves and look after ourselves. It's kind of essential maintenance. I think we kind of have to be intentional about our own personal development because if we let our mind kind of wander, it tends to wander to the negative. It tends to worry. You know, that negativity bias in our heads is so strong. It and is. I think we kick the good into the long grass of tomorrow. I'll be happy when the kids graduate. I'll be happy when I'm retired. And we kick it into the, the long grass tomorrow. I think happiness is right here, right now, this moment that we're sharing. And I think when we kind of, we think about the worry of yesterday and the anxiety about tomorrow, we have a habit as humans, Patricia, of missing out that magical piece in the middle. And that magical piece in the middle is our one and precious life. And I think to be happy where you are in that moment, I sometimes ask people, Patricia, if I took you back to, 10 past five this day last year, what were you worrying about? You probably have to have a very good memory to remember. And I think worry is one of those, it's an awful waste of time worrying. It's like being in a rocking chair. You're doing something but getting nowhere. And a lot of people put their energy into needless worry about things that 98% of the things we worry about never even occur. So it's an awful waste of time. And I think uh, to reclaim that time and to put it into something more beneficial and productive and that could be just putting on a piece of music or reaching out to a friend or reading a good book or eating a good meal and enjoying it or going for a beautiful walk in the and, and, and so having some exercise patricia that's reclaiming your agency and it's also energetically giving yourself anything that you can do to help you access those useful emotions i think mm-hmm. is very absolutely and i think you're really hitting the nail on the head about agency and having control that we do have control of our, our, a lot of our lives and the decisions that we make in the moment. You know, we can't outside forces, we can't control, but we do have a lot more control of our lives and agency. And the more that we practice that, whether it be being more aware of the decisions that we're making, for instance, the better we feel, the more independent we feel in those moments. Well, I think you you refer to Martin Sullivan at the onset of this conversation, Patricia, and he has a concept too called learned helplessness. And I think it's almost forgivable for people when they look out at the world at the moment, you look what's happening in Gaza, you look what's happening in Ukraine, and there are only two hotspots around the world. You even look at, unfortunately, the political situation and division has been in my own country in the north of Ireland, in America at the moment as well, even in the United Kingdom. It's You could be forgiven for being this kind of saying, oh, look at the world is going to hell on a high cart. There's nothing we can do. But there's a lot we can do. And don't forget, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, the good things don't make the news, don't make the front headlines. And it's important. And that's not being Pollyanna. That's just saying there's one thing we can do, and that is to be a little bit kinder to your fellow man, just to be a little bit more judicious with what we look and feed ourselves. You know, I don't just consciously scroll across X or Twitter as it used to be, etc. I, I'm very conscious of the feeds and on my LinkedIn channels. I'm, I'm kind of feeding myself with like-minded people rather than feeding myself a lot of negative garbage because that's mm-hmm. only going to make my day bad and there's nothing to be gained. There's no percentage in that. Absolutely. Yes. I've, so that's why I've been spending a bit more time on LinkedIn that, that I've been because I can get such great information and I get to meet people like you on LinkedIn. So this brings me to a perfect segue into an action item for our audience. What would you recommend? We're going into the holiday season. 
things are getting busy. You know, what do you recommend to help our audience during this time? Well, I, I, I'll try and give you a, a couple of little nuggets that might help this this period because it can be a very stressful time, Christmas, for people. Buying things with money they don't have for people they don't like and getting caught up in the whole kerfuffle and forgetting what the, the message is. So the first message I would have is better the brakes. Just slow down and breathe. And whenever you put your attention to your breath, you're in the moment. And if you want to strip away all kind of spiritual connotations that some people agree or don't, it's just be present where your feet are. And and sometimes I want to be present in a conversation. I'll I'll wiggle my toes. I'm just getting into my body and out of my head. The second one is, uh, as I said, be be careful of CNN, too much constant negative noise. In the car in the morning, I don't listen to the news anymore. If it's important, it'll find me. I play a kind of a a set list of nice music I play, uh, a few podcasts that I'm interested in. So I'll just kind of screen out the, the negative noise. The third thing is I'll, I'll manage my mental diet. I'll just kind of just screen out the negative diet and just attend to what I'm paying attention to. And I, I suppose to get outside and exercise 20 minutes a day. I think Harvard Research recently came out and said a 20-minute walk three times a week can lower the chances of a stroke by 60%. Yeah. So get out there get a walk in or whatever that exercise is for you. But I would say there are a couple of useful little hacks that I find very useful just to recenter myself and to reboot myself and to recalibrate and to know that you can. It's ever only one decision away. And mm-hmm. tomorrow is always a new day and there's always a new horizon. And whatever mistakes you made yesterday, well, they're gone. You can't fix them, but you can fix your tomorrow. You can fix what's happening in the next minute and in the next moment. So pay attention to where your attention is going. Yes. Yes. Love that. And then you speak a lot about gratitude, attitude of gratitude. Would you recommend that during this time as well? Now, a lot of people might poo-poo this, Patricia, and kind of, I think it's actually really essential. I think it's probably the biggest happiness hack that I could share with you. I think when you lower the threshold of what you're grateful for, it's the single biggest thing I know to increase your happiness quotient. You know, if you woke up in the morning and you're, great, you're, you're grumpy, remember the first part of that sentence, you woke up. You know, somebody didn't today. Somebody has lost a loved one today. So I think it's really important. You know, we take 20,000 breaths a day. But when we go to bed at night, last night, I'll take you back to last night, Patricia. I bet you, I certainly didn't. Did you, when you were going to bed, you say, I hope I remember to breathe tonight. Mm-hmm. We take so much for granted. I have a friend who had a horrible injury and had to relearn how to breathe. Just mm-hmm. let that sit with you for a second. Imagine having to relearn how to breathe, waking up from a horrific injury with tubes down your lungs and having to remember how to breathe. So there's so much, I think the epidemic before COVID was for grantedness and entitlitis. We take so much for granted and our young people feel so entitled and sometimes they're not so young people. So the less we take for granted, the more we actually realize how gifted we are to be alive in such an amazing time in the world. Mm -hmm. It's a joy, it's a privilege, a gift. And I think this Christmas, I, I kind of repurpose myself and refocus in a couple of, in, in this week, I'll go off social media and I just remind myself how lucky I am to have people in my life that love me uh, and uh, the life that I've been able to, and that even this conversation. So if we focus on that, I think it makes you full of joy and full of hope and full of love. Absolutely. Yes, that's a really wonderful, wonderful perspective to think about during this time. And I love I actually love an end of year, beginning of year, because it's a time of reflection. And we don't 
often pause long enough to reflect and reflection is where our answers are. You know, the answers that we've been wanting is in that reflection time. So I look forward to it. In fact, my family, we're going to Antarctica for the holidays. So we'll be gone for a couple of weeks on an expedition. And I'm already loading up on a journal because there will be a lot of time on the ship to get to these different places. And I know that I'll be forever changed through the experience. So I want to capture it. And so I'm using this time as kind of like a boost to my reflection. I do have a reflective practice, but I want to deepen it. And so the arts are important to me. So I'll be bring a little box of colored pencils and things that I might want to tinker with while I'm there. And yeah, so I think you're saying it right, you know, absolutely looking at relationship, like you would say, the importance of relationships and gratitude and the, grateful for the small things, you know, like when I do see a glimpse of the sunshine <laughs> and I'm out outside chasing it. <laughs> it's so funny, you know, in Switzerland, when the sun does come out, like even for a moment, like through the clouds, because I live near, near Lucerne. So we get a lot of the lake effect clouds. But when the sun just kind of streams through, you can see everybody kind of stops what they do and they just kind of put their face to the sun and just you can see them just kind of taking it in kind of like a dog does when they're in the car and you roll down the window and they uh, get the wind in their hair. You know, (laughs) it's the same thing. I feel like with the Swiss, when the sunshine comes out, The the Norwegians, the Norwegians have a lovely phrase. They say there's no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to take I want to take you back Patricia to to a key word that you mentioned there on one or more occasions there reflection I I really believe that we don't actually learn from experience we we learn from reflecting on experience and quite often we don't give ourselves and this tyranny of busyness we find ourselves in this race to be busier faster this we've become human doings not human beings Mm. we need to step back we need to slow down consciously nobody's going to stop tap you on the shoulder and say patricia you're doing far too much slow down you have to do that the, the cavalry aren't coming over the hill you know we actually have to take back our time and say you know what i actually need to take a step back because the days the months the weeks the years they're just flying patricia and the older i get the more aware i have you know in my career i'm 31 years now in my career there's more behind me than there is in front of me and that kind of energizes me really, to actually make the most of each moment. But the time to reflect on a day, what went well today? What really worked? What's, what worked so well I'm going to share with somebody else today? What did I learn today I'm going to share with somebody? This is that reflection piece that I don't think an awful lot of people give themselves. They just keep running from one experience to another experience to another experience without actually reflecting on their experience, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Very. Yeah, absolutely. So audience, you know, you've gotten a few ideas of what we can do during this time and whether it's reflecting through gratitude, looking at, you know, kind of a digital detox, kind of being aware of what you're in consuming. And I don't mean food. I mean, consuming with your eyes. Yeah. So looking at looking at that as well. And then going out for walks, taking in, even if the sun's not out where you are, getting outside, getting the blood moving, it can really just getting in nature. There's so much science now about getting out in nature and boosting well-being, especially if you're prone to any seasonal affect disorder, getting outside regardless of the 
of the temperature and all of that and the sun still getting outside is highly beneficial. To say there's no Wi-Fi in nature, but there's a better connection. Could I give you a give your listeners a bit of a challenge, Patricia, in this festive period? They, uh, Robert Walding, Professor Wal- Robert Walding, oh, has yeah. just recently included the American the Harvard educa- the, study of, of adult development, and they found that that there's one thing that can benefit your health more than any single thing, and it's the quality of your relationships. It can add actually seven years to your longevity of your of your lifespan. So here's a challenge for your listeners. And Christmas is a perfect time to do it. What about reaching out to somebody in your network, somebody that you've kind of had a friendship and you've just, life has gone one way, you've gone another. But reach out, make a phone call, send an email, reach out on LinkedIn and say, you know what, for some reason I was doing this, you heard this talk and I just was moved to reach out to you and ask, how are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how are you really? And you never know what could come out of that. Somebody could say, golly, I cannot believe this. This is serendipity. I was just yeah. thinking of you as well. And I just think reaching out to people at this Christmas, Christmas can be a very lonely time for people, Patricia. And I think it'd be lovely to reach out to people, to reconnect to people, rekindle a relationship, maybe to let things go. Let things, you know, sometimes the old hearts, the best thing to do is forgive and forget, let it go. There's the toxicity and holding on to grudges. I often think of people held on to gratitude, like they hold on to grudges. We'd be an awful lot happier. So maybe reach out. That's my challenge that for everybody listening here today on Christmas, reach out to somebody and in a spirit of generosity and curiosity and see what comes back at you. Really beautiful. Yes. Wow. So this is exciting. We have like a whole slew of tools for your toolbox for the holidays. So please choose whatever works best for you and and let's let's connect with people. Let's get out in nature. Uh, reflect a little more. So question for you, John, how is it best to get a hold of you? I think you said ways of well-being yeah, my, at my Yahoo. My, my, yeah, my email is ways to wellbeing at yahoo.com. On Instagram and, and on Twitter, a way to wellbeing, A-W-A-Y, yeah, a way to wellbeing. So very happy. And you probably put my deep contact LinkedIn. details on the link. Yeah. But I'd be I'll very put- happy to have this conversation with anybody. And I'm always very willing to to share and also to learn because I, I think one of the things I've learned when I'm around doing talks anywhere in the world, Patricia, is that whenever you're sharing well-being with other people, you're also exponentially helping yourself. So it's a very there's a reciprocity even in this conversation that we're having here. So it's a fantastic way to actually help each other. It's a kind of a win-win, which is a lovely and, and yes. no one loses, everybody gains and, and benefits because we're all having this human experience and it has ups and downs and it knocks us off our equilibrium and it's about getting up one more time than we fall and and reaching out and knowing that not every, nobody has it all sorted that's the one thing i've realized uh, patricia nobody has it all sorted even though it might look so um but it's all about just i suppose there's power and vulnerability is Brene brown's great work there too it's okay not to be okay it's okay to i suppose have those moments where you're just going to be pressed stressed distracted and drained that doesn't mean that you're clinically depressed it means you're a human being Absolutely. And don't wrench that means you can fix everything. You know, life doesn't come with a spanner that puts everything back into place. So sometimes you've got to sit with sadness and yes. deal with this and you've got to process pain. And that takes time and to, to move through that. And I think we have to give ourselves and be patient with that as well. And patient with ourselves, Patricia, you know? Absolutely. Really nice. Thank you for this conversation today. 
And, you know, I, I just am so grateful to have met you and have gotten to see your work and all that you're doing. And once again, audience, I'm going to be putting the TED talk that he did. I highly recommend you watching it as well as if you have children, giving it to your children as well to watch. Last thing before we wrap up is an 80s trends. I'm just going to give you some rapid fire. What was your very first 45? Yeah, and actually, my very first 45 was actually beat at Michael Jackson. Oh, very cool. Mm, very cool. Yeah, my, my, it was actually around, I, I think it was around Christmas time, my father brought me in to buy the album Thriller. And I always had a very, very fond memory. It was kind of very, very cold, which is not shocking for Ireland. But it's a very fond memory of my, my dad buying me uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller for, for Christmas one year. Back oh, in that's the day. amazing. It was, it, 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 back, back in the day, as shall we say. Yes. And do you have a favorite uh, commercial or jingle? Favorite commercial or jingle? The one that sticks in my head is like kind of an earworm is the Mars Day helps work, rest and play. That stays in my head for some reason. Yes. Yes. And mine is the Big big Red song. I don't know if you had Big Red gum. It was like a cinnamon gum. Anyway, that one, that song, like when people are saying goodbye to each other on the train, it's like, so kiss a little longer, hold tight a little longer longer with big red you know so they it's a it's a okay. song and it keeps going and every time i see people saying goodbye to each other because i ride the train all the time i yeah. i'm like oh that's amazing i got big red in yeah. my head thank you so much for being here today and and being on the show i'm so grateful to have had you here and in the show notes guys you'll see loads of information and thank you again john for being here it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege patricia good luck with your further academic studies and your podcast and long live the 80s long live the 80s until next time thank you so much for listening we want to hear from you first of all tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you if you have a story with an 80s song inspiration we want to hear it you think this podcast is like totally tubular well we would love your review Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.